I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. Welcome once again. Dawn is here with us. Hi, Dawn. Good morning. How are you? And really exciting because I really miss these guys, but we are delighted to be joined by the Vs. That's Nikki and Tony V. Hi, guys. So these guys are not only amazing people, they've got a really great pedigree around the kind of things that Anthony Robbins has been teaching for years. In fact, they were trainers for him, but they are also specialists in relationships. And given this is our sort of Valentine's relationship issue, how perfect. But before I bring them on, I want to give you an indication of their pedigree because I'm reading a book that I've had for years. I've read it a couple of times and it's called The Essence of Womanhood by Susie Heath. And inside the acknowledgements, it says this for Tony and Nikki V, whose happy house in Austria and wonderful relationship seminars have nourished and encouraged my feminine essence to come out and play. They don't just work with females. They also work with the masculine essence of the man. Hi, guys. Brilliant hey, to have you here. I didn't know Susie had written that. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, great yeah. book. Yes, great yeah. person. Really Lots good book. Have written books. Yes. <laughs> have they been to us? So as this episode comes out, we're obviously recording earlier, but it's the day after Valentine's Day, and we know that can be uh, a love or hate relationship. And whether you're in couples or singles, it's not always hearts and flowers. It can sometimes be a little bit down and gritty. So um, relationships, guys, what makes them tick? What makes them explode? Um, I think, you know, your first point there is a great one. And it is uh, the great Mr. Robbins that says that, you know, relationships will bring us our greatest joy but they're also likely to bring us our greatest pain in our life. And that's oh so true. And I think another, well, look, the marriage statistics, they're a disaster, really, Um, about 50%. It's a bit, it's gone down a little bit, actually, uh, but it's about 50% of first marriages fail, about 75% of uh, second marriages fail. And would you believe that 85% of third marriages fail? And we wow. all go. Better not do it a third time then. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's scary, isn't it? You know, because people think relationships are a little bit like their car. You know, it wears out. So let's go and buy a new one. But of course, the problem is they take themselves. You know, they don't realise that what well, they don't know what <laughs> they don't know. Common denominator. They are the common denominator. And when they do realise that and then they can make some little adjustments, of course, magic and miracles are absolutely possible. But without knowledge, without um, some experimenting with that knowledge, you're never going to find it because you're going to keep running the same old patterns that you've run for most of your life in every relationship unless somebody tells you something different, which is why we call one of our programs the Couples Intimate Relationship Education Programme, which is a very long title. But it's like the education you didn't get at school. I always say they left it off the curriculum along with parenting which is a crucial area of life. It's not on the curriculum. And they also, and I know this is, you know, another subject for you, but it causes so many relationship challenges is they left money off of the curriculum as well. And I promise you the downfall of so many relationships is their inability to come up with a model of money that works for both parties. Charlie, you stayed quiet for a very long time. Stayed that quiet in the whole of our marriage. (laughs) Anyway, yes, great. I agree with everything he said. I'm lying. (laughs) What I'm I'm pleased about, though, is that you've you've really encapsulated into your long title, but very appropriate one, the word intimacy. So I've been married. uh, Well, we weren't married straight away, but I've been with H, what, 30 plus years. He's my second uh, marriage. But as we've got older, so we're in our mid-50s now, and I look at other people's relationships, the one thing that H and I um, pat ourselves on the back for, I guess, is that regardless whether we love each other or hate each other on any given day, which can happen, uh, we we are intimate. But, but what I find as an observation of a lot of other people, especially who've been married a little bit longer, is that that when they hear the word intimacy, they attach it first and foremost to sex. Whereas actually, even though I have marvellous sex with my husband, I think if I divorced him, I'd probably still just keep him as my 
my physical partner. Like I say, they have great sex, but putting that aside, and I know that that the physical intimacy is important, but actually, I think where our special source is, it's the intimacy emotionally, um, and I think that that's the bit in a lot of uh, uh, relationships that. So it makes yeah. it gives me great pleasure that you. Um, deal with this can you can you tell us yeah what what happens why does it why does it break down you you've made such a great point there because one of our absolute sayings we used to have it on on the office wall at the office I don't know whether you've ever seen it but it would have come down since dawn was there um whatever happens outside the bedroom happens inside the bedroom and it's one of our favorite things because you're absolutely right the word intimacy means Are you intimate partners? Are you intimate with each other? Are you intimate to the exclusivity of others together? And that could mean, that doesn't mean other, you know, relationships. That that can be in relationship with your children. That can be in relationship with your parents. That can mean anybody, your friends, your partners. If this is the most intimate you have, your closest person, then that will transfer into the bedroom because that happens all the time. But the, the, the one thing I want to say is you asked, you know, kind of what goes wrong is that Tony's touched on. We've got like two fundamentals, because I think your first question was, you know, what makes a relationship work? And I suppose our two fundamentals of what makes it not work and then what makes it work is what Tony said, is that if you bring if you don't look at yourself, basically, and you go, oh, this relationship is not working. I'm not getting my needs met. I'm going to the next person. You're not actually looking at yourself, finding out what it is that how you've been complicit in creating something that's not good either everything from dysfunctional up to just not okay sometimes, right? And the second thing that our big message that we always go is once you've got you, once you've got realizations about you and you've got awareness about you and you understand what you need to work on in order for all of your life to work better, then the next thing you need to do is, am I living in my core masculine or feminine essence now the thing that goes wrong most commonly and actually you talked about being in your 50s being together a long time the other most difficult time for couples is when they first have children which is often in people's 20s and 30s which is because what happens is that people live a practical life so they've got kids who's going to pick the kids up who's going to do the housework who's going to do the job frighteningly coming to you know to single women how many women I've coached in the city over the years who have gone well it's too late for me to have children now because I put all my attention into money the work and everything and I've got into a relationship and I was earning more so he stayed at home with the children I mean that kind of thing is very common but coming back to your age group what you were saying is that if we do practical which is like my business, your business, my job, your job, you know, the house, the grandchildren, the children, or whatever that is, money, separate money, things like that. We lose the core essence of the polarity between masculine and feminine. So even if you've got a man being in his masculine and a woman being in his feminine, it's said, by the way, by Neil Donald Walsh, which I love, um, that there's nothing you can do to stop them being attracted to each other. So you've got to be in your core energy and be attracted to each other. And the thing that happens then is that basically you want to be intimate during the day. Therefore, you know, I'm not suggesting that you can't have intimacy during the day, by the way. I mean, it's a lot of years since I've been thrown on the kitchen table. But anyway, <laughs> like, oh, Tony, come on. <laughs> come on Tony. Too high. Too high. <laughs> too cold and too high. Yeah. It's made of it's made of crystal. It's very freezing. Yeah. It's quite interesting that you mentioned yeah, you get my drift. It's yeah. like yeah. I was and it's quite interesting. hitting patting me going shut there. Oh. It's quite interesting. Well, I was gonna say it's quite interesting you mentioned that about the you know, when you're in that core masculine feminine, because that will work even when you've got same-sex couples, they're still oh, yeah, masculine energies. But what I know one of my relationships, not one of my marriages, one of my relationships, and I think it's going to be common for many women in business uh, that maybe are single, dating, whatever, or building a career. One thing I noticed from my career building days is although I've got a feminine core, I wrapped it in this masculine wrapper. 
because of the office and the environment. And I happened to attract a guy who was masculine, but that because of a breakdown of a previous relationship, he had wrapped his masculine core in a feminine wrapper. So we were still attracted, but the problem was we'd each got the wrong flipping quality street wrap around us. So it, it literally didn't work. Yeah, I always say that, you know, if you remember back at school days, you know, if you when you played with magnets, you know, if you put the, the right poles together, they attract, as Nikki was saying, you know, with the masculine and feminine. But if you put them the wrong way around, they actually repel each other. And that's sort of what happens. But I know, uh, you know, we were obviously talking about intimacy and maybe not sex, but I do like to let's talk about sex, baby. That's a good song title. It's talk about you and me. Yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, look, one of the things that many, many people come to us or say to us after they've been working with us for a while, look, it's what I didn't know that's the problem. You know, I just didn't know that because, again, they don't teach you about, they teach you how to use a condom at school nowadays, but that that's the, the such the minor bit, you know, such the minor bit. And it's not because they want to teach you how to be loving with each other. It's because they want to stop, you know, teenage pregnancies, which yeah. is crazy, isn't it? So no one's taught how to be loving and intimate. And I remember once we were in America uh, for a Christmas and I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. And this is why my wife is so amazing, because I woke her up and said, I have just come up with an idea to write a book. And so we did write that night at three o'clock. She took notes. I, you know, uh, sort of like scribed away. (laughs) And it took a bit more time than just that evening. But the, the core of it was created called Multiple Orgasms with Ease and Elegance. So and this is um, the re- one of the reasons that we wrote this was because men specifically don't understand. So I don't know how many w- men listeners you've got, but women don't know that men don't know this. So women don't know this either, but men definitely don't know this. Um, and that is that intimacy. So, for example, you were saying, Tracy, there that, you know, when you're at work, you're in an office and not only have you wrapped yourself in a more male essence there, that's a problem. Um, that's not insurmountable. It's definitely not insurmountable, but you again need to know the how. Yeah. Um, to unwrap it and then be, you know, in a what is effectively a bit more of a male environment, but be in your feminine and incredibly be more effective. Because yeah, that's in- my that's my was my story. Yeah. How I became more and got better results by being my true essence. And that you could never have convinced me. I had to actually do it and get better results. You bring that home with you. Now, there is a book written by Laura Doyle. Yeah, Yeah, anyway. But yes, you know, she explains a little way um, of, of how you can do this. So she encourages you to sort of like hang your male coat up at the door and then put your pinny on when you get inside the door. But actually, it's totally proven today that that is not possible. You might change your clothes, but you can't change your energy. No, you can't change the chemicals in you. No. Because the because the the masculine is your adrenaline, your testosterone. And I think, Tracy, you remember me talking to you about this. As a woman, you cannot get that out of your body unless you do things which create oxytocin and this and is that where the, takes time yeah, this is where the man comes in yeah. so if a man knows how to do this he can not only de-stress you which then once you've got the adrenaline gone so you can't be the beautiful feminine you with adrenaline in your body because you're in emergency mode and emergency mode for a woman is more masculine so but the other thing is if he knows what to do he can take any testosterone in your body, which women don't know. They can't use it. It sort of like lays latent. So he, if he knows how to love you. So we always differentiate having sex and making love. So having sex, if you don't mind me going to the very deep bit. Oh, <laughs> go there, Tony. Go in, for in it. The modern world, in the modern world, most couples, because of the way it's gone, you know, it's just the way that humans have evolved intimately, let's say, um, they tend to stimulate each other to have an orgasm. But from a woman's we viewpoint. We call it sexual athletics. From a woman's viewpoint, this only takes away a small portion of the stress or testosterone under 10%. So that means that you have still got all of that in your body. And in fact, in your head, when you're having sex, of course, we're still tending to do it in a more 
male and if your man's not in a great place he's he's become the woman you you're the man it's all arse around face um but actually <laughs> yeah, i think they call that, they call that a 69 and i think we'll get let's we don't need to go other than ask about face to know that sex we call it red sex, yes. right? And whatever's complete, whatever kind of manipulation. I actually remember being on a radio show once, and the guy was a guy in Ireland. Um, what was his name? Jerry. Anyway, Jerry Ryan. Yeah. Was it Jerry Ryan? Anyway, he's dead now. But yeah. um, no, being on that, and Nick, who you both know, my son, yeah. he listened to it, and I was going into the differences between a clitorally stimulated orgasm. I hope this is okay to set that word on here. Oh, no, that's fine. And I said that on the radio. <laughs> right? And a full body orgasm, which we cannot have without a man who knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Now, what we call stress, he can't do it because he he's know. too busy getting his own needs met. So we used to teach people oh, how to make love. <laughs> that this is, but yeah, we used to do a whole week seminar for couples on how to actually make love as opposed to having sex. And then the woman will go to a place which very few women experience, which they've never experienced before. So it's a very different type of orgasm to a stimulated orgasm. And it is amazing if you're, you know, from a man's viewpoint, and you can actually do it without having any intimacy. So I invented this way to demonstrate to a man how to be very intimate with a woman. He does have to touch her, but he doesn't touch her His sexually. Clothes on and everything. He doesn't touch her sexually. It wasn't and that kind of event. <laughs> he will see and she will go to a place that they may never have experienced before. And it's like a woman goes, for me, it's like they go very angelic. They go to this part of them, which they, and this is where the, the release happens when you're in that part of you, which is there for every human, but just society, bless us. You know, we've gone down the, what I call the money route and the material world. We think that money and material things are going to make us happy when actually fulfillment, true fulfillment and the love we truly seek is, is in a different direction to that. And of course, we're so focused because, you know, we've become so, look, if you don't have money in today's world, it's a nightmare. And even if you've got money, sometimes it's still a nightmare. nightmare. Um, so it causes us many distractions, which and the big distraction is away from, you know, creating a healthy us. So couples have got an us, but, you know, is it a healthy us? That's your problem. So some relationships, I'm guessing, because I mean, you know, um, Yesterday, as your as as this is launched, it was Valentine's Day. There'll mm. be some couples that have gone out for dinner. He's bought her red roses, chocolates, gone out for dinner, come back to the bedroom. Sometimes it'll be a case of the whole day has created stress and arguments. Sometimes it'll have created hearts and flowers. But is it? I'm guessing there's an element then in today's society because sex has always been a, a, a taboo thing and making love, you certainly didn't talk about on a podcast, let alone <laughs> out aloud to each other. Um, but it, is this taboo that society's gone through that's sort of starting to disappear? Is it that, you know, it's perfunctory because they're each doing their own thing. They're trying to bring up the kids. They're trying to run the household. Mm. They're trying to walk the dog. And so the last thing that gets the right kind of attention is that intimate relationship. Yeah, I think if there was a pecking order of things in your life that are important, unfortunately, for all couples, this is all couples where it's not working, which currently the statistics for this are roughly three to four million couples right now. Their relationship is on the edge. So in that's, the UK, that's in the UK only. Mm -hmm. So that's like wow. six to eight million people out of 65 million of which... 20% are roughly below 20 or, you know, they're not, they're too young to be in late. 20 is probably a bit old, but let's say they're 15 or less. So they're not into that world yet. And then the others are like in their nineties or whatever. Um, and they're not, they're, they're either living on their own or they're not active in a relationship. So out of, if you took like, you could take 30% off of that and go, well, you're into like 40 million. And if 8 million of those wow. are out of whack, that's 20% of relationships that right now are on the edge. Yeah. 
And it's partly because, well, it's fully because they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. So they're doing their best with no information as to what to do to put it right or get it right. And the, the, the other thing that just comes that just might be useful and interesting to people to understand is that one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that we bring to the relationship. So first of all, sometimes we make bad choices. And that can be that we just see the, the mask of the person, you know, like you said, Tracy, you know, you meet someone and it, they're sort of they're a masculine looking man and you're a feminine looking woman. But actually you've been your habit is to be in the in the other and the polar opposite. Right. But what we bring to a relationship when we're making that decision um, is all our programming all our beliefs, all our strategies. It's everything from before the relationship, which here's the problem. In most cases, even those people who are really struggling, who might be coming to people towards people like us, or, you know, and going, it's not working. They still haven't recognized. They're still saying, can you help me get my partner to change? Oh, absolutely. Right? And nobody yeah. in all our 19 years has ever rung up and said, my relationship's struggling and I realise it's me. I am, you know, unless they've been doing bad stuff when they go, I realise it's me, but I, you know, my, my, my partner's not dealing with it. But they don't, we don't realise that when we're making the decision, people make, like, take less time deciding on a partner than they do on buying a home or a car. I know. Because the problem is with this day and age, and I suppose we're the first generation of this with the pill and the 60s, 70s, all that sort of stuff, is that because people have intimacy too soon, because it's the, the, the physical attraction, life is even more stressed. We've got even more things going on within, you know, you name it. And therefore, a lot of sex happens early in relationships as just a release let alone whether it's alcohol induced or not. And so the problem is, is we're trying to fix or sort out or people are trying to fix something. And they're just thinking, well, if only that person would, you know, if he was more like me, everything would be all right. Or she was more like me, everything would be all right. But we're not learning, which is why our, our thing is called educational um, program. We're not learning that we've bought ourselves to that relationship. We've made that choice to get intimate too fast and then all of a sudden I mean we could we could tell you stories about couples that have come to us after years and years and then they say yeah because you know I went round to his house and actually you know I lived in this really nice place and he lived in a tip and we're going and you somehow expected that to change well and here's the thing that most women say Tracy he's so I know Tracy wouldn't be doing this he's got potential yeah. Yeah. No. Terrible. No. And then men go, well, she was lovely and she was nice to me and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. I noticed that she didn't get on with her parents. She, you know, she's got two kids and, you know, they're, they don't see their father very much. I mean, the complication of this situation where we go often divorce in, I mean, don't forget, we haven't even talked about the statistics of people who don't get married. They reckon that for, Intimate relationships with children under five breaking up would fill Wembley Stadium with the children wow. each year. So I mean, children. and that's because people don't understand what they don't know. Tony's absolutely right. I know it's it's funny because I, I was away a couple of weekends ago, bunch of ladies, and um, they all know I'm currently on a dating app. And, but it's quite funny because I'm sat there and I'm going, no, 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 no. Oh, they look all right. Let's look at the profile. Yeah. No. And one of them turned around and said, that's so shallow. I said, what's shallow? Well, you basically looked at them, then looked at their profile. I said, at the end of the day, there has to be some sort of physical attraction. I said, it could be the best person on earth, but if there's no chemistry, just isn't going to go anywhere. But they also said, but you're being really particular. Why don't you just swipe right on a load of them and then see who comes back and see who's nicest? And I'm like, because I'd rather be single than being yeah. a relationship with the person who isn't the right fit for me and I'm not the right you know, fit Do you know what? We we worked with a single guy years ago. He's actually quite famous in our, in our thing, so I won't mention any names. And he came to us as a single guy. And he said, I'm on this dating site. He said, 
and like literally i think he was like 25 or something like that and he's put like you know all his 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 details on not a sniff nobody's like you know know, picture on everything so tony said to him look he was actually on one of our courses we we also we work a lot with men because what what you're seeing um uh tracy on there is what you need to look first of all yeah look at the pictures you know am i attracted to this person of course but like you need to look at their profile and go are they having the best life they could be possibly having because you want to be with Matt. i always say like tony's having a great life before i met him he didn't need me. He wanted me. He didn't need me. And if I went away tomorrow, he'd still be having a great life. That's the uh, that's one of the, you know, like, you know, definitions, if you like. And so when we, we said to this guy, take all your usual, your hobbies and all that. And what's your purpose in life? What's, what's your vision for the future? He put it on there. He had to change his email address. He wow. got people from 18 to 60. And he <laughs> had so many hundreds of them. Because every woman knows that inside that the most attractive thing to a woman is a man who knows where he's going and knows yeah. what he's doing. And he's being masculine. He's on his purpose, right? And here's the thing. The most attractive thing to a man about a woman is not whether she's got money, not whether she's got a good job, not whether she's an actual fact, not even particularly tits and bums more. Is this woman happy? Yeah. And so when on, on Let Him Find You, not to go into too much detail, it's just like we basically say to women, all you've got to do, you've got to make sure you're happy in exactly the life you've got right now. And then if you meet a guy you need to make sure he is having a great life without you. Well, and now it, you can put those two people together. It works so many times that, you know, this, well, I would say he's on his white horse out there looking for you right now. He's searching for you. You don't need as a woman to search for him. You don't. I, I, saw, we went, go on. No, I want to tell you this. I saw this uh, really interesting. It was on Instagram, I think. But this woman was saying, and I've never heard this analogy before, that the egg in the womb Stays stationary, and it's the it's the sperm it comes to the egg. Oh, I love it! That's absolutely. What true. woman has to do is sit there in her in its the sperm you know, in its and 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 it's the men's job then or the men's oh, part oh, of the anatomy oh. to fight and the strongest and to win. the sperms. You're yeah, right. I You're love, so right. I've never I thought love of that. The analogy it was. That Absolutely and brilliant. And it's true of today. Hear about that tonight. Yeah. Look, <laughs> it's so true. Because, and of course, this is where the society, it's nobody's fault. It's just a move towards women. I mean, I promise you today that, you know, you go in a restaurant, become a couple watcher, because obviously that's what we do. And you watch. There was a couple behind us the other night. We've gone out with uh, Nick's wife and the kids, and we've gone to a restaurant, and the couple behind us. She paid the bill. No. You know, this is fundamentally wrong. She paid the bill. She goes and gets a coat. She only We sat in a in a cinema. She was moaning about him, going, Oh yeah, I had yeah. to book it. He had to because we don't we call it leave the gap. If you can. <laughs> That's why Tracy, like we say to women when they're on their dates, when they've got found somebody they like the look of, hope something goes wrong. Why would we say that? Because you'll see. First of all, how well he handles that. Does he lose his temper? Does he get stroppy? Does he just handle it like a good man would? And also, how do you handle it? Do you step in and sort it out for him? Because that that happens. It's like a little anecdotal snapshot of the future of your relationship. And I think that any woman listening will remember, me included, I'm sure Tracy, you included, is we can remember when we have stepped in Oh, absolutely. Right at the beginning, and then we've always stepped in. And then all our women friends, they go, well, you're so amazing, you do a little bit. And then you're like, you know, yeah, I want a man. I want a man that's going to open the door for me. I'm good. I want a man that's going to basically walk on the, the roadside of the pavement. Yeah, who's not that. afraid yeah, to hold is, my that. hand when I go down the street. Yeah. But yeah, but there's so much power that. in the pause. Men have men have listened to society, and as women have, like I always say, as women have become more masculine, men have become more feminine. Yeah. So, so this this bit, and and honestly, I I would recommend any woman or any man, whether you're married or single, to investigate. And obviously, we've got Tony and Nikki V on 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 today. I would start with them. 
because literally my marriage is testament to implementing some of these philosophies and it was exactly how you've just spoken i'm um a, a, a dominant woman he's a very confident masculine man but i would step in and i think where that initial term where those initial terms and conditions came in is i'd already got two children from my first marriage so i was used to doing and so i would always step in and then over time but all that happened was i became more masculine i can't ever say at the prospect of calling him feminine because he's not but no. in terms of role uh, this in this context i was doing more doing and building resentment, by the way. Yes. 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 And then and then he wanted me to be happy. So thought I was doing it because it made me happy. Yeah. Yep. It all went tits up. And yep. we literally had to come back to um, do you know what we did? And and honestly, please guys go and investigate Tony and Nikki because they're bang on and, and it's literally saved my marriage in terms of what is masculine, what is feminine energy. And and we have to make those things happen. So my husband and I, we both earn good money. Um, it's not all his money. It's not all my money. But when we go out, he pays. Yep. Not. But can I just clarify on that little thing? That's not because a man should pay for it. It's almost metaphorical. We want yeah. them to provide and we want them to look after us. And, and what it does is it steps the man into his natural masculine energy. And as you described earlier, steps the woman into a more gentle yes. feminine energy. And, and But we need to allow our men to be the masculine men that they want to do. And sometimes when we've stepped in too much and we've been bossy boots and we've taken over because we, we can do it quicker and we can do it better and rah, 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 rah. we're actually emasculating yeah. the very man and what we're going to do then is we're going to resent them and yes. then they're going to lose their self-worth and the thing about it is that you fancy them less because your respect has gone down and they fancy you less because you're not feminine anymore and you have to you have to take blame out of it entirely. Absolutely. Absolutely. What we did was we looked at my mom and dad's marriage and we looked at his mom and dad's marriage. Both marriages, by the way, had very dominant women. So it's not a surprise that he is attracted to a dominant course, attracted to it, you know. Um, and what we'd done, which we ended up laughing about, was we'd we'd made this mashup of all the bad things in my mum and dad's marriage, all the bad things in his mum and dad's marriage. And then because we're both feisty people, we were adding some spice to that as well. And it was an absolute fucking nightmare. No wonder we weren't happy. But And I was very guilty of uh, exactly how, how you were talking earlier, Nick, which, which was he needs to change. Yeah. The deal breaker was, and I wished I'd have known about this, I'd spent 20 years trying to change him. Yeah, All I needed to do was look at myself, Absolutely. step into my femininity, apologise to him for not meeting his needs enough to make him want oh. to protect me. Absolutely. That, and, and in a week, he was an entirely different husband. And yeah. I laugh about it now because I think all that, trauma and arguing and conflict yeah. and bullshit could have been saved if I'd have known that Absolutely. all I needed to do was deal with my shit and him to deal with his shit and it's exactly the stuff that you're talking about you're absolutely spot on and you know what just one little thing because you've absolutely hit it on the head and that's exactly what we why we said the first thing is how people row fight and fall out is for all the reasons you said and the and the and the antidote which is the hardest thing for people to do is to say i realize that i've been doing this but the second thing which you said, which is you start being, woman starts feeling resentful. This is the most common. By the way, even women who don't do the masculine thing, they do passive aggressive. So they do, yeah. oh, I do all, I look after children, I do this and you just go out to work and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's just the same. But here's what happens within in men, and Tony will elaborate, I'm sure, is that actually what men do is they move away from that woman and then do their shittiest pattern, whatever that is, whether that's anger, stonewalling, whatever it is. And that is, sorry to bring it back to the, you know, the, the gritty stuff, but that is the most common 
uh, reason for infidelity. And there is a there was a woman in the States who did some sort of research, but obviously it's difficult because it's all secret and stuff. She reckons that infidelity happens um, with one or both partners in 80% of relationships. Now, it doesn't have to be physical infidelity. It might be emotional, meaning a strong masculine woman starts chatting to somebody at work who's a really nice guy and that that's emotional. But often what will happen is with um, a man who will move away from the woman because because he feels, because basically you said he loses self-worth, but actually that can feel like not only does he feel like he gets pissed, I mean, he just gets pissed with himself. Therefore, he looks to something to make him feel better. Basis of personal development, drink, drugs, you know, work, sport, other women or whatever floats his boat. Right. And that's the saddest thing. Yeah, we had a, a woman once come come running towards us. We we were actually helping somebody else, or we were on somebody else's event. Anyway, this woman came running up to us, and we've got like to go. We got a taxi because we got a plane, and we got to go. Anyway, she came running over to me and said, "Look, you know about relationships. Could you help me?" I said, "Well, it's going to have to be very very fast because we got five minutes." So, I said, "Look, if you were to tell me in one minute what's the problem, go." You know. So she said, "Well, the problem's very simple." Every night, every night he goes to the pub and, you know, he doesn't come home very early and often he'll come home drunk. And it's like a nightmare in our relationship. Great. So that didn't even take a minute. So I'm going great. So then I use one of my favourite questions, which is a bit of a trick question, really, because it's the way you deliver the tonality of it. So I said to her, which is almost like a suggestion of advice. I said, well, have you, have you ever told him that you don't like him going to the pub? <laughs> so she said, Yes, I tell him all the time. Every so, single time he comes home. So I said, right, now I'm going to give you a bit of advice. Normally we don't, as coaches, give advice, but I'm going to give you advice and I'm going to give you my email address and I want you to do this for 30 days and then write to me and tell me what happens. So I said, look, I want you to tell, never tell him, don't tell him ever again that you don't like him going to the pub. And when he comes home, move towards him, give him a big hug and tell him how great it is that, you know, he's come home, no matter what state he's in. Anyway, so I just said, stop effing telling him and move towards him when he comes home. Anyway, 30 days later, she sends me an email going, it's like a miracle has happened. It's like he's still going to the pub, but only occasionally. He's staying at home much, much more and we're much more connected. So I I just go, look, she did not realise, as many women don't realise, that like nagging and criticism are one the two key things that will move the man away from you more than anything else. But of course, he because he doesn't know how to deal with it. He does not know. But this is where you've done so great with your man. Um, yes, because sure, you've great. had that realisation and you've managed to make an adjustment that, like you said, it can work very fast, a week. And suddenly things go back to normal. So I always go, look, when you start working on this, we always call it the V relationship strategy. <laughs> you know, at the top of the V, you're sort of, you're, there's a big gap between you. And the first step down the V is to learn about you and what you're doing or potentially doing that you don't know you're doing that's causing this gap. But if both people start doing that, of course, but actually, even if, even if, you're in a relationship and you under no circumstances is your man ever going to want to get involved in any development of any description, looking at help or whatever. Even if you worked on you and he didn't work on him or the other way around, you will have a dramatic effect on him. Right. Yeah. So my husband is that man. He has no interest in personal development. He no. doesn't, he's not interested in any of that. He never clips my wings. He takes the piss out of me in an endearing way. Um, what the first time I went and did something, it was a UPW, it was a four-day, my whole family held their breath thinking, fuck, what she's gonna come as she joined a cult and what the heck she's gonna do with her head Well, of course that's no. not what happened. And so what happened with my husband was like, oh, when she goes off and does these things, she's lovely. So he was purely selfishly motivated. Yeah. But, so he's never clipped my wings from doing it. But I'm glad you brought that up because, because again, that can be a frustration for some people. If one partner's on their road to personal development and the other one is, isn't, Absolutely. 
the 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 trick is not to force the other partner to do so. Well, they don't. The trick it's... is to to do exactly what you've said. So, yeah, yeah. So we, where well, me and my husband dealt with this, was looking at it, it's like right, okay, men in caveman days and women in caveman days, we did this and they did that, and it's never evolved. Let's just you know, uh, and 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 it, women will roll their eyes at the prospect of going right. So he's been to the pub, got pissed, come home, and I've got to go towards him. But you're absolutely right because what well, this is how I figured it out, or we figured it out rather. So so. The caveman version of this, they'd come home and they'd be they'd be heralded with a victory because they'd brought their hunt home yeah, and celebrated. Yeah. And so, so, but equally, women need to feel provided. So it's just little things like my yeah. husband will just bring me a bunch of flowers home. Yes. Just stupid little things. It's not, it's, it's metaphorical, but he's bringing the, he's bringing the kill home, so to speak. And then I celebrate him. And if you work, if you move towards them, um, and then they feel celebrated, because the truth is, this is a really hard truth. The truth is that if I absorb myself in work or your partner absorbs themselves in work or pub or other things, it's because they're not bothered about coming home and you're not serving their needs. Absolutely. Now that's a really difficult. Oh, well, I think a lot of men, definitely from a man's viewpoint, I always go, you know, when a man's at work. If, if you ask a man, if he goes to work, puts the key in the work door, then actually, if you said to him, do you know what to do when you open that door? Most men, most men are very confident when that, well, certainly most good men, you know, the, the men you want to be in a relationship with are very confident. But then when they come home and they put the key in the door of their house, they have no clue what how to deal because they've never been taught with what goes on behind that door. So that's that's a massive, massive problem. And your cave analogy, I have a little story which gives you the modern, because you've given the like, that is how we work. And we always say that innate in a human, we have still got the cave person alive in us because it's the animal part of us. It's the nature of us. And if we move against nature, which humans have done massively in so many areas, there are always consequences. So my little caveman story is that the caveman wakes up one day and the wife says to him, I've just been to the cave fridge and there's it's empty. So he says, well, don't worry, I'll go out hunting. Yeah. You know, so he goes under his bed, but he's been a bit lazy, slightly emasculated man, and he's only got one arrow. So he goes out onto the plains and the, the wildebeests are there, and but they're running really fast. And he's like got his bow and he keeps like, you know, and he don't want to shoot his arrow because if he misses, they're all going hungry. So anyway, he's there all day and it starts to get dark and he's thinking, shit, you know, we've got no food. And then a rabbit ran by and he's shot the rabbit. So he's oh, at least we've got something. So he goes home, like you said, and he goes into the cave um, with a rabbit and he said to his woman, you know, look, it was bloody tough out there today. Um, you know, the wildebeest that were running so fast. And but anyway, don't worry, we've got rabbit for dinner. So she said to him, pop it in the fridge. So he goes to the cave fridge. And when he opens the door, there are three wildebeests in there. So he said, where'd you get the wildebeest? So she said, well, it's a little bit like this. This morning, you know, you've obviously gone off and I've like the baby's gone to sleep. And there was a coffee morning going on down the other cave. So I've gone down there had a bit of a coffee and I've come home and to be honest I've tidied the cave up and it was a bit, I was a bit bored so I thought you know I've gone under my bed and I've got my bow and arrow and I've got you know a full quiver of arrows so she said I've gone out onto the plane and I love it when the wildebeest are going fast and she was sort of a bit like the strongbow advert for the cider if you've ever seen the three arrows go boom 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 so she's gone boom 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 tied them all up dragged them home put them in the fridge and so what i always say to, to to girls you know so what do you think he did the next day when he got up sweet fa he didn't need to his wife didn't believe in him so what was the point yeah, yeah, yeah. i always say just watch cave tv yeah <laughs> 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 and that's that is your modern day situation that the human it's nobody's fault that's why i 100 agree with you this is nothing to do with blame this is to have a realization or an awakening whatever you want to call it we always call it an ofm you might wonder what that means but it's an o 
me moment uh-huh. yeah where you suddenly realize that what we're doing individually but also collectively um in the western world is exactly that the cave story the cave woman and man are still very alive in us and we have moved away naturally from that and that unfortunately moves us away from each other intimately and that means that when there's no intimacy and in, when this is happening, intimacy is always, always the first thing to go. So when we get into a relationship, intimacy is too fast. And in fact, somebody said to us that we said, which we never said this, um, but somebody said, no, you said you shouldn't be intimate for six weeks. And I said, well, actually, we never said that, but actually it's a damn good idea. And we once met, we were speaking on somebody's stage and we met um I think his name's James Kahn, is it? He's one, he's one of the early dragons, and he was yeah. speaking. Anyway, I was standing at the back, and he went on the stage, and he created, I think it's called Alexandra's. It's a, um, Big recruitment a huge recruitment agency in London, and he, he started this by in a broom cupboard somewhere in a very famous street. So he's a very capable man. Anyway, he the, the bit that I got from him, which is so relevant to relationships, is he asked the question, how many of you interview somebody if you're employing them just once and then employ them? Well, in the room, which was very crowded, probably 80% of the people put their hands up. So he then said, how many people interview somebody twice? And well, we've only got 20% left, probably 10% of them put their hand up. So then he said, how many people, you know, uh, interview three times and we've got like one or two hands and how many people interview more than three times and nobody put their hand up. So he said, so one of my reasons I believe that I am successful in business is because I if I'm going to take someone who's going to work very close for me. Like so a my, partnership. Yeah, somebody happened. like like it's a relationship. He said, I interview them a minimum of 20 times. So I suddenly perked up and thought, oh, my God, how cool is that for an intimate relationship? Yeah, he was going like, I want to meet their family. I want them to take them out for a meal. I want to see how they behave in a shop. I want, you know, I want to do all that. So So I really measure of the person. And then, of course, he said, look, it's like, you know, when you employ them, it's like an intimate relationship. So I've always remembered that and thought, you know what, for single girls that are, you know, out there right now, you know, do not jump into bed with this man on first, second or third interview. <laughs> you know, you need to see how he lives. You need to yeah. see and that way. And that's why I sort of agree with you girls about your Tinder thing or whatever one it is where you're swiping left and right. Yeah, not, t- not Tinder. No, no. <laughs> well, whatever it is. That's, that's definitely the one where it's on a first date. <laughs> Yeah, all right. But anyway, whatever these dating sites are, yeah. In fact, we nearly once got very involved with dating sites to coach the people on dating sites because we'd be encouraging them not to do that. But they sort of very fast realised that, you know, they make money out of keeping you on the dating site. We're going to keep off the dating site. So (laughs) can I just um, bring this up? So dating sites, and I'll I'll tell you a little uh, the reason why. I want to go on to communication my dad my my mum passed away and my dad's getting back on the you know yeah. back on it and i don't know which dating app that he's got um but he's also uh, just going through prostate cancer which is not uh, it's it, it, it'll be fine it'll be okay and i'm telling you that for a reason so he's got on this date he's in his 70s and he started dating and he's he's been for for lunch a couple of times with a couple of women anyway they've dumped him his word which makes we laugh about it this is a new thing that he's doing oh my gosh so bear in mind he's been with my mom for over 50 years so dating is not a a, an established skill set that he has and he said so i met this lovely lady and we went for a lovely walk in the country and then we went to a pub and we sat for three or four hours and we had lovely conversation he said but i wasn't sure what i was doing the week after so i said to her i'll text you for next week he said so i text her and said what are your plans i'd like to come and pick you up for the weekend to try and you know get the next date and her response was something on the line of and there's just a couple of things that i would like to discuss with you before we make any more plans and he assumed she was dumping him assumed and so his response by text was i mean no. we laughed our, we laughed our heads off are you dumping me 
if it's the cancer, don't worry. The doctor said I'll be clear by March. Oh, so I will, although there'll be no bunking for a while because obviously that needs to work it out. She then texted him back saying, you vulgar man, don't ever contact me ever again. Oh, no, no, well, there you so, go. So there you can go. we talk about communication, please? Yes. Yes. Oh, the number one thing in communications he's fallen over on. And that is, we always say, in fact, it's one of uh, Tony Robbins' right-hand men, yeah, um, who's on the stage, and he has this sayings that it's a bit, bit horrible, really, but he said, um, assumptions are like arseholes. Uh, because, um, oh, I've forgotten how he says it now. No, opin assumptions, okay, opinions. Uh, opinions and assumptions and are like, like arseholes, arseholes, and everybody's got one. So, and, and of the course, other thing is, some of them smell. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. but look, an assumption, and look, we've fallen into this uh, as well ourselves, even with our clients. One day, we had a couple who weren't a couple sitting in our seminar. They were with us for a few days, and we thought, oh, they're getting on, you know, pretty well, and because uh, they've come as singles, and then all of a sudden, we've seen them. She's crying, and he's um, he's sort of, they've walked out the door, and he's following that um yeah. anyway so we've made the assumption that something's happened and something's so but look the thing is every time you make an assumption you are wrong it's a bit like i said with einstein you know science is always wrong assumptions are 99 wrong you, you you rarely get it right so of course if you live and go with that assumption and you're wrong you will get the consequences like your dad did of getting it wrong which is crazy, isn't it? Because he didn't mean bad. He, he meant good. But the assumption is the problem. So don't assume anything is, is probably a good thing to do. Well, there's that good. Go wrong with the couple that went out the door. I was going to say there's that good old phrase, isn't there? It's gone, yeah. I was going to say yeah. there's that good old phrase, assume just makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah, oh, wow. absolutely. Absolutely. So we assume completely wrong with this couple. It was crazy. You know, we got it completely wrong, um, but we'd assumed that something had been said and she's crying and he's gone after. It was nothing it like was that the at all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by me. Guys, Tracy's single. And then, so we've covered uh, my top tip. Anybody out there, man, woman, however long you've been married, wherever you are in that, uh, just uh, clean those cupboards out, get in touch with uh, looking at what Nikki and, and Tony do, because I promise you, I am testament of these sort of philosophies, save your marriage. So leave things for Tracy. Uh, she's single. She's on the dating. What kind of communication? What kind of, you know, what should she be doing to get herself back in the saddle um, in a... We've got a, I've got a sort of a like a I suppose you could call it a Cinderella analogy, which obviously modern women, you know, are not living with. So if it's true that your knight in shining armor is on his white horse at this very moment searching for you, if if he's riding his horse past your castle and you're not hanging out the window, but you're out the back on a computer running your business, then he he's is going to walk past. straight past your castle. So, the second part of that story is if say you were hanging out the window with your hair down or whatever they call it in the in the fairy tale Rapunzel. And you go and you get on the back of his horse are you going to say no i'd actually like to drive i'd like to ride the horse or he goes right we're going to my castle now and i'm going this way and you go no actually i know a better way to get to your castle uh, that is the analogy that we use yeah yeah so you is have that, to be you have to be ready OK, and I believe, you know, which is why we uh, we made the Let Him Find You program, which, you know, the whole thing's in the title, of course, the Let Him Find You program probably 10 years ago. And actually, if you follow it step by step by step, you know, we had a girl by it the other day and she's got because it's all about, well, what do I need to do? And it's actually what you need to not do. Yeah, <laughs> it's so much more what you need yeah. not to do. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's he's very fascinating and it's very sad that there, you know, are what I would call serial singles. You know, bless him. Let's hope your dad's learned from his assumption that he's not going to be a serial person making the same mistake over and over again. You know, if he learns that an assumption's not a good thing, he's not going to do it. He's going to do something different. So it's doing these things different. But look, it's almost everything you do um, is probably needs to be the opposite to what you are doing. 
So whatever, you, so that's why I go, look, if you're on the app, don't be on the app. That's like the opposite. Yeah. And, you know, what, what, all the other bits and pieces that you're doing you go, yeah, what is the opposite? Yeah. One, one of the things that I would say to uh, women is like, describe to me, and of course, describe to me the ultimate, your ultimate partner. You know, what's his life like? What's his needs? How's he, you know, what, what describe the ultimate. And then I ask them the question, is he likely to be on a dating site? And they yeah. normally say no, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean to say that we have not had couples or had single women on Let Him Find You, because we do have, we actually, interestingly, we created Let Him Find You in different formats, you know, in the old days, it would be with live coaching and stuff. But now it's just something that people can, you know, women can watch in their own time and then ask us questions if they've got one to and all that kind of stuff. And we've done the same for couples because nowadays people, you know, we don't do well, we don't do as much live stuff. But we've got we've never had a program for single men. That's because single men don't they they don't think about getting in a better place so that they attract the perfect person they just don't do that in general so we've always just coached single men just you know like on their own kind of thing but there are good a lot of people i think nikki was on a podcast the other day called um there are no good men out there yeah there's no good men out there yeah and the the truth is that roughly this is for the single men how can women are such a nightmare yeah this bit my community i i'm i my community is the the martial arts industry all of my customers um are martial arts instructors and i think uh, my customer base is something like 1.2 percent female so the rest are all male yeah Mm. They we we laugh sometimes because they they ask me to go and oh, can you find can you find me a good wife? There's some yeah. and they're not you know yeah. and 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 so honestly I think I think what we need to do I, I, I don't have time to be dating agency lady for all my customers yeah. and they're good men but they can't find women and so how interesting that you they're looking in the wrong place or the women are in the tower or maybe that there isn't a problem maybe my insight to that is because i've got such a concentrated group of men in one place that i observe that they do need some assistance as you've described i wonder if we could play with that and you could see if there was the truth is that they could you know our couples program is really good for single men oh okay Okay. Because, yeah, yeah, because they learn everything about relationships that they need to know to meet the right woman. So we almost don't yeah. need a man's one. They just need to watch yeah. the couple's one, which they can easily do a- alone. And, you know, if they meet a woman, they can actually share that they're doing it. Because actually then if they sit and watch it together, honestly, magic and miracles can truly happen. Because Tony, right and, Tony and Nikki V's program is the new porn that you watch together. Yeah, <laughs> if you yeah. want to cook her over the table at the end of it, all good. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh you guys, we could probably go on for ages. We're going to have to get you back on again in the future. Um, oh, maybe do right. one more more based on that intimate relationship side um, in terms of the sex side, you know, and how to yeah. make that better and how to make love rather than just have sex. Yes, that would be yes. really cool. Apple, Apple might actually sort of censor that one. <laughs> <laughs> Quite funny. All these social media sites, they, they're so generic that they see anything to do with the word sex or oh, no, intimate yeah. relationship. They just yeah. think it's porn. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, it would be brilliant to go on forever. Um, so we're going to have to get you back on because it has been amazing. For those of you listening, ladies, you now know next Valentine's Day, don't go booking the table if your partner Absolutely, hasn't. Yeah. Let him bring home the rabbit if that's all he can catch that day. Otherwise, you'll find that every Valentine's afterwards, he doesn't bother booking the table. Absolutely. Gents, if you're listening, book the bloody table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it has been such a pleasure, guys. If you can let And then you'll out, get your needs met. And yeah. then you'll get your needs met. Yeah. So... Um, let us know what your website is, how they get in touch with you, how they learn more about your programs, because I know there's many out there, including me, that need to have a look at these. 
Well, as it's February, of course, you wouldn't expect us to not do something for February, the love month. So we've actually created a whole new program, which um, is we call it the Ruby program, which is a program that you can do as an individual. Obviously, a couple can do it, but you can do it as an individual. So it's it's ideal both ways. So um, actually, we can you know give you the link to that um and you know we can make it's sure that we've got intimate relationship program. educational program and then you know they can go and read about it and then if they get drawn to it well, for february for the launch we have done a super special price which you know was very rare for us to do that but it's actually only 49 pounds to sign up for it so it's actually like such a bargain basement price we thought how many people that are struggling out there like three to four million plus dad adding all the singles that are not finding yeah. the, the partner that could benefit from this is amazing so literally you can sign up 49 pounds and uh, get stuck into it really and you can do it on your own or if your partner's open you can do it together so um yeah obviously um it will be ready for february the 14th and this is going to be the 15th so we'll make yeah. sure you've got um, if you send us the link we'll pop it in the show notes we will yes. if you're willing to have you back on in the future cool. it has been fabulous um and i will i will be um getting in touch with nikki um, probably yeah, yeah, that, and um say you know if you want to chat to me um as a single woman um uh for let him find you you just email me at nikki v n-i-c-k-i-v-e-e if you can put it in the show notes at tony and nikki v.com brilliant we will do that um for those of you still listening before i thank and say goodbye to our guests and to my wonderful co-host dawn i just want to remind you if you've not seen social media we do have a competition going you can win yourself two tickets to a spa day um, all you need to do, you need to review the show. So if you can't get us a picture showing that you've actually subscribed, then put a review in so that we can reach out to you and go look on mine or Dawn's social media. Uh, all the links are in the show notes and on our website and you'll be able to see what you need to do on the 15th of February only to be in with a shot of winning two tickets to a spa day. So yeah. you can take your girlfriend or maybe you can take that caveman you've got out there hanging yes. around in the bedroom with the TV. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. You're it's both great. incredible. It's like loose women and some. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. doing great. It's wonderful. Fabulous. Thank you very much. And on that note, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you for your company. And to share your spandex and stiletto stories with us, tag at Real Women Podcast on Instagram.